welcome to Healthy Perspectives Podcast with Jeremiah, where we provide clinical perspectives on current social and cultural issues. And don't forget, you can subscribe at Podbean, Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe at any or all of them. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Getter, Twitter, and many other social media sites. Or you can email us at healthy perspectives with an S at protonmail.com. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. As always, we appreciate your time. At the end of this year, I have decided to do several uh, podcasts on topics that sort of highlight the year. And today we are going to do that all over again. We've hit gender. Uh, what was the first one? I don't even remember. Uh, we've we've hit some big topics though, and today is going to be a big one as well. I'm going to start with a little reading for you. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. That, my friends, is the First Amendment. We've had some big topics this year around the First Amendment. When it comes to these platforms that silence speech. It, it's just a reality. It's been happening. People been blocked. People been silenced, ghosted, whatever they call it. Uh, I observed it happen. It happened to me. And I'm not even exactly controversial most of the time. Uh, I try not to be too controversial uh, because I'm a therapist and that doesn't necessarily bode well for my profession and for the people out there who are who are wanting to uh, seek help. So I try to represent my field as well as I can, but I still got ghosted at one point. What is this whole idea of controlling speech, though? It's it's a tough one because this is the crux. We have autonomy. Like, I have my own autonomy. I can choose my path. And it's protected. It's protected in most of the laws. Up to a point, the question is, what is that point? When my autonomy affects your autonomy, your ability to choose your path, we start asking the questions of, well, then who gets the right of way? Is it me because I'm loud? You because you're quiet? Is it me because I'm big and strong? Is it you because you're big and bigger and stronger? Is it like what determines who gets the right of way when my decisions are impacting you and your decisions? Well, what we get apparently in 2022 is fact checks. Only somebody's controlling those fact checks. And we ended up in 2022 with a whole bunch of Fake checks. Uh, 
And, and I don't know that they were done on purpose. I think sometimes they probably were, but oftentimes I honestly think they were mistake checks. In other words, they thought they were checking something out. They looked in one place and they realized uh, there was nothing there. And so they were like, oh, this is not a fact. But they were looking in the wrong place. And that's a problem because then people were getting silenced for no good reason. Not that there's really ever a reason, because most of the time as a therapist, my view is you got to be able to say what you need to say. You got to get it out. If I have somebody sitting on my couch and I'm like, hold on, time out. Don't talk about that. What kind of therapist would I be? An awful one. That's what kind of therapist I would be. I would be a terrible therapist. People need to get stuff out. But there's a way to go about it. I mean, you heard me read it peaceably assemble. We have the right to do it peacefully. Does that mean we can be loud? I mean, sure, if certain circumstances allow for that, right? You break in the noise ordinance, you're probably going to pay a fine, right? If you incite violence, this is a big thing that came out around fact checks, around controlled speech. Yes, we have the autonomy. But what if you incite violence? Yeah, that's a tough one. I guess the, the question becomes, who is responsible for the violence? The person saying, yeah, do it, do it, do it. Punch him, punch him, do it, do it. You're going to, yeah, you got to do it. Don't go punch him, go, go do it. Or the person who goes over and punches him. Could it be a little bit of both? I'm here to argue, no. The responsibility falls on the individual. Look, I, I don't like, I, I get on to something like Twitter. And I did this, and for those of you who've been following me for a long time, you know, back in August, I did a little, a little experiment on Twitter before it was handed over to Elon Musk. And in that experiment, I discovered a lot of things. But ultimately, one of the, there was, when it comes to the physical violence, the emotional, uh, you know, stuff, I found myself getting wrapped up in it at moments where I was acting like less of a person than I want to be in terms of my own morals, my own standards, my own expectations of me. And I'm responsible for that. I mean, it, there, there's somebody there who's like saying, you're an idiot, you're stupid, you're dumb, you don't know stuff, da, da, da. like, and I fell for it. Like, yeah, okay. I mean, you can say whatever you want and you can say I'm stupid. And, you know, there's, there's probably some truth in me being not very intelligent at times. Why? Because I'm imperfect and I make mistakes. Did I articulate it in the way that I wanted to? Probably not perfectly. But I know at the end of the day, I'm not a dumb guy. So why did I let that affect me? I mean, you want to get on there and name call? That drives me nuts when people get on there and name call. It makes me think of like, I don't know, third grade. But if I go into name calling, then I'm saying that that's okay. So I don't. Um, what I have learned from the experience is I don't have to control their speech. 
what I can do at some level, I've, I've done this. As a matter of fact, I've been doing this ever since. When I get tired of somebody being, uh, you know, less um, mature, I simply point out my boundary. I say, look, you can say what you want. You can do what you want within reason, of course. But if you're going to continue to go down this path, it's kind of a waste of my time. And I'm not interested in wasting any more of my time. So if you continue down this path, I'm going to stop responding. I don't block them or anything. And you know what happens? They go quiet. I don't know. Some of them probably blocked me, I, but I don't, I don't think so because every once in a while, one of them pops up and has something else they want to say to me, uh, whatever. I mean, if, if, if you want to come at me in a kind and respectful way, I'm willing to listen because I'm just as flawed. And I know I got mistakes uh, that, that, that scatter throughout my history. So I don't have to silence them. I can simply set a boundary for me. And I can stop putting my time, my energy, and my resources into it, which, by the way, is what I teach in therapy. It just was hard to do. It was hard for me to do because I did not want to let it go. (laughs) That was my own selfishness, my own emotions, my own baggage getting in the way. So... This whole fact check thing, this whole controlled speech, uh, I truthfully, I, I think we're going about it in a way that is unnecessary. I don't think we need to teach people to silence people, to give them abilities to block. Obviously, there's you know physical safety issues that yeah, I think there's there's some reasonable expectations around those. Like you know, if somebody's gonna um, you know be hunting me. You know, essentially, like that's not okay. That's just, that's too, that's too over the top. But again, the only way for me to manage that is to set boundaries. The only way for me to know that that's coming is set a boundary and see if they back off. They back off, we're good. Like, that's fine with me. Like, not that you're hunting me, but like that, that you were aggressive with me, like, whatever. But if you don't back off, when I've set a boundary and you keep coming and coming and coming, we've already got a law for that. It's called harassment, intimidation. Those are laws. They're on the books. We don't have to do anything new. Just apply them to that environment appropriately. The laws are already there for it. If I set a boundary, a clear expectation, and you bust through it, I re-establish that boundary and you bust through it again. We're dealing with harassment. It's pretty simple. So I think we're going about it oftentimes the wrong way. I think people lack boundary setting skills. So what they do instead, they call people names. They block people. Like These are not necessary. You don't have to like somebody. I think what we need is a boundary lesson. So I'm going to spend the next couple of minutes. I am going to give it another go on the old technology. We'll see what happens. 
but I am going to shrink myself down on the video. For those of you who are not watching, uh, you know, I would encourage you to go to Rumble and find Healthy Perspectives or on YouTube, Healthy Perspectives. And I'm going to do a little bit of uh, doodling. Uh, I, I want to go over a quick little boundary lesson that I sometimes will go through with clients. So you're going to see, whoa, hello. Um, all right, I'm going to doodle with my finger. So bear with me if it looks kind of funky. All right, we have, for those of you who are watching, we have a circle. Um, it's not a perfect circle because I'm an imperfect person and I was drawing on my computer with my finger. But that is a boundary. Everything that is on the inside, so everything inside this dot here, and this whole space, all of this is on the inside, okay? This boundary that we have here, I'm actually going to look and see. I think there's a way for me. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to go ahead and erase that inside. All right, perfect. What we have here is a boundary. And if somebody will go ahead and we're going to add a little person. And this is how I draw my people, you know, legs dis dismembered and arms all funky, but whatever. If this person were to enter my bubble without permission, I would say, could you please get outside of my bubble? And they typically, because the, the, the social uh, expectations would be if somebody asks you something that's clear, reasonable, and respectful, um, then you typically are going to go, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. And they back off. They go back outside of the bubble, which is wonderful when that happens, because that means they are respecting the boundary. But what we see is people push on that boundary and they they may walk out, but then they turn around and they push back. And then, unfortunately, what a lot of people do is they adjust their boundary. They move it in. So now that person can walk into here. And what that means is that this right here, this line, was not actually a boundary. You moved the marker. Now, do we have to be overly rigid all the time? Absolutely not. Really, at the end of the day, what it's going to look like is more like we set a boundary with all people. It's like, stay out of this unless, and then we have these little doors, right? A little gate on there, unless we're close. And then you can come inside this space right here. And then we have another door for our inner circle. This is what we talk about when we talk about the inner circle. And we have all the people who are allowed in here, which in all honesty is probably less than 10 people. I don't care if you're the president of the United States. I don't care if you are uh, you know, working down at the local grocery store. The people in that inner circle is going to total less than 10. Most of the time, it's like two or three. And hopefully one of those will be a therapist because then you can talk about anything and anything is fair game. So we have these boundaries and we put up these boundaries for a reason. Here's the biggest challenge when we set boundaries, holding them. 
you'll notice in my picture, we move boundaries. And as soon as we do that, the boundary that was set is no longer perceived to be a boundary. But only in setting them and holding them does it become an actual boundary. And we do those based on our needs and our wants, not their needs and their wants. We do that based on their function or dysfunction. If I'm around somebody who's uh, you know, uh, a disaster, an emotional wreck, I'm going to have boundaries that are a little bit further away. And I do that to protect myself from their chaos. I don't want their chaos to come and take over my world. Can I go and enter their world at times when I'm comfortable doing it? Yes. But I don't want it all the time. So I set boundaries that are a little further away. When people are healthy, good, and safe, then we tend to let them in and further and further to the middle. That's a good thing. We keep those people closer. We don't set the rigid boundaries and hold the rigid boundaries with those people. Um, we will still have boundaries for them, right? Like uh, the bathroom door should stay closed. Good boundary. I like it. By the way, you all set boundaries every day, whether you mean to or not, whether you're doing it on purpose or not, you're, you're setting boundaries. So what we need to get good at doing is setting those boundaries when we're on social media. And doing it in a way that's not, I'm blocking you. You could never interact in any circle that I'm even close to. No, that's not healthy. You then are becoming the unhealthy person. That's why blocking people, it's got to be a last resort, not a go-to method. It's got to be only for safety reasons. That's it. It's that there's literally that's only like, remember, peaceably assemble. That's what we have with free speech, the right to peaceably assemble. If people are peaceably, peaceably talking and communicating, then you don't have a problem. Okay. The other thing about boundaries that I want to mention before I move on, if they are not communicated, they are not boundaries, period. They just are not boundaries. They do not exist. So you must, must, must communicate the boundaries or they aren't there. Okay. Uh, again, this was a, a pretty quick talk. I went down the boundaries path today, um, but it is really about autonomy. You have the right to choose until it impacts somebody else. And then you have the right to set a boundary that keeps you safe. And in some cases, even comfortable right? Um, it's a better way of controlling speech from a therapeutic lens than blocking. It's a better way of, uh, you know, controlling, uh, you know, somebody else's first amendment, right? You know, we don't need to stop them. What we need to do is set a boundary for ourselves. And that, that may be different for everybody. And, you know, there's going to be exceptions where they, you know, people are getting more extreme, which I covered a little bit. If it becomes a safety, a real safety issue, not, not this perceived safety issue, but an actual safety issue, um, which is hard to tell sometimes, but, you know, we got to do a better job of that because I'm responsible for my actions and you're responsible for yours. And uh, safety is a big deal. 
And in those situations, we've got to do stuff, but there's already laws on the books. So, hey, I hope this helps with your discussion when it comes to uh, talking about free speech, First Amendment, uh, blocking people, things like Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. And you can have more intelligent conversations around boundaries and know that you can set them. And if you struggle with boundaries and you want more on that, please send me a note. I'll, uh, I can expand that lesson. That's just like my basic uh, starting spot. So thanks so much. Have a great day. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a look at our website at www.healthyperspectives with a dash in between the healthy and the perspectives. Make sure there's an S at the end.com. So again, www.healthy-perspectives with an S.com. 